The Cannabis and Home Grow Show is sponsored by AeroClean 420 and Aero Home Hobby, the industry leader in air purification in cannabis cultivation. Visit AeroClean420.com and PreventPowderyMildew.com to learn more about their cutting-edge technology that has proven effective across commercial grows for over seven years. You won't regret it. is California's leading cannabis nursery, offering over 100 plus varieties of premium genetics. From new strains to classics and exotics, there's something for everyone. Home growers and farmers can learn more at darkheartnursery.com. Good morning, cannabis community. Welcome to my show, the Cannabis and Home Grow Show. Today's guest is Tony Serra. He's a fertilizer inventor based in Arizona. Tony is a good friend of mine. I've known him for years. I've been using his fertilizer for years for my cannabis at home, as well as flowers and fruits and vegetables. Tony is a knowledge, an encyclopedia of all things growing. And Tony, thank you for joining me and everyone else. Um, how's it going? Doing well, Mark. Doing well. Thank you. And I, I hope this new year finds you doing well also. Hey, I, I had a lot of optimism in 2020. And then it was just like, <laughs> boom. It just, it just went away and the world became a different place. But I think the dust is settling and uh, I think there's a lot of positive change going on. Uh, please tell everyone about your your agricultural background. Well, I essentially grew up in the nursery industry in southern Arizona and have been doing it for over 40 years now. Got my degree in horticulture from the University of Arizona and uh, was working, managing nurseries, garden centers, licensed landscape contractor for commercial and residential uh, landscaping, irrigation, installation, and design work. And, uh, you know, grew up back in the day when there were still all the harsh chemicals around, chloridane, everything, and never really cared what I used, just grabbed a broken bag and made it work. And then 10 years ago, all these new organic products were coming on the market here in Arizona. It took a while for us to catch up. And so I said, well, I got to sound intelligent talking about them. So I took them all home to play with them, used them all up over a couple of years and had a bunch of this and that left over little amounts, threw them in a bucket, forgot about it for a year or so and needed the bucket, threw it all under my lemon tree and the lemon tree exploded with growth. And I said, you dummy, what was in the bucket? Oh my goodness. I spent several years just going around researching, picking different ingredients and literally mixing them by hand in a five gallon bucket and different amounts, different percentages of each ingredient and giving out samples to all my customers at the nursery. After a while, finally got feedback on it and uh, hit on this formula that everybody saw such tremendous results with. I was trying to come up with the name and the local garden groups named it Tony's Magic Mix. And it's been history ever since. I got it patented because of the dramatic results that it was showing. Uh, I designed it originally for edible crop plants for everybody's fruits and vegetables of all 
all manner, size, shape, you name it, from little vegetables up to 20, 30 foot avocado trees, bananas, and everything else in between. And then now people are putting it on yuccas, adeniums, plumerias. Uh, I developed a flower formula to go with it, so it wasn't uh, much of a leap to name it Tony's Magic Flower. And then a few people started trialing it in the cannabis industry along with you and those who have uh, say to me that it's the best quality smoke they've ever had. Yes, sir. I, so the, I've been using it three years straight. And so for everyone listening, ultimately, it is a two bag system. There's a bag of dry organic powder fertilizer for your veg phase. And then there's a bag for your flower phase. And I'm fertilizing about twice a week, maybe I'm sorry, twice a month. And it's super simple. I just water it in and it feeds the soil. And, you know, there's a lot of um, interesting ingredients that you've put in there. And I want to get into some of the details, like how, how painstaking of a process was it to choose your ingredients and find the right amount? Well, first off, it was going to try and look and see what was already out there on the market. What were all the organic fertilizer brands out there and I started looking and delving into it farther and all of a sudden I realized you know they're almost all derived from feather meal as the main ingredient yeah they all might have a little kelp meal or bone meal or blood meal um, but overall the main ingredients in each and every one of them was feather meal so I said okay there's no surprise feather meal is high in nitrogen and there's no shortage of chicken farms out there and then I went on and I said, well, what are some other things out there? What's good? I started looking at our native Arizona soils. I said, what are we really needing? So I started thinking, what can I do to revive the health of the soil? Because when it comes down to it, what really makes organics better is you're inoculating the health of the soil, the beneficial bacteria. It's like probiotics for your gut. And if you improve the quality of the soil, the health of the soil, that's what's going to make the plants perform better in the long run. And so I said, what are some things out there that can do that? And I started researching and looking around and I said, aha, well, number one, we're lacking lots of organic matter here in Arizona. I said, what could help replace that? Well, bat guano. Bat guano is very high in organic matter, has a lot of microbial activity. Uh, it's been known to suppress certain in insects. Um, and it's just, you know, good all around natural, natural ingredient. And so that's, uh, that was why I started hitting on, uh, uh, on bat guano, you know, because it, it's just, it's got a good amount of nitrogen. It has it all in it. Nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, on average, a 931. Now you're seeing a lot of 731. I think they might be harvesting it a little bit. A little bit quicker so then I said okay well what's next what's something that's really good out there there aren't a whole lot of sources for potassium that are organic uh, aside from green sand and kelp, green sand and kelp meal those are the main ones that are really good or have a lot of other benefits with them so I started looking around comparing the two and I found a high quality kelp out of northern Europe that I added into the fertilizer and one person told me oh you've got fish bone meal in there I said no there's no fish bone meal in there there's no fish meal there's no 
nothing. The only thing in there from the ocean is the kelp meal. He said, well, man, it must be fresh kelp because I can smell it. You could just, you could smell the, the kelp in it because it was that good. And kelp has so many other different auxins, gibberellins to help with uh, heat stress, insect stress, cold stress. So boom, it was a natural fit to go in there. Your, let me just say your veg concoction smells amazing. I mean, I've seen people smell it for the first time and they just can't even believe it's fertilizer. It smells so good, Tony. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's what uh, another guy said to me. He said right away, he said, you can just, you can smell it. And so, and then I started looking around, well, what else? I said, I need more organic matter in there. What helps is good organic matter. And I had another guy, uh, an organic farmer, who years ago asked me to see if I could source him some neem seed meal. He'd come over here from California. And I said, well, it's tough because nobody at this point, you know, about 15 years or more ago had neem seed meal or neem cake registered in Arizona. But it got me curious. I said, okay, you know, been selling neem oil for years. Let's look at the neem seed meal. And when you look at neem seed meal, they can have it left with various amounts of the neem oil left in it. The less neem oil, the better it is as a fertilizer without being deleterious to beneficial microbes. Now, everybody is saying, oh, well, you can't put neem meal in there. It's going to kill everything beneficial. I have pictures. I have testimonies from people who have opened the fertilizer up, and it's already covered with white mycelium growth in there. It's that active. <clears throat> you don't always see it, but every now and then you will open up a container, and it's already covered in white mycelium growth and showing that the neem seed meal has had enough of the oil pressed out of it that it's not having any deleterious effect. In fact, there are studies out of Asia showing that it can have a beneficial effect on beneficial microbes. So I it's so. counted as a green manure. It has all 16 beneficial elements in it uh, that plants need. It reduces uh, denitrification, so it helps the nitrogen last longer in the soil. Uh, for people who are growing outdoors or in larger containers and have earthworms, in the right amount, it's been shown to increase earthworm numbers and productivity up to 10%. Um, and I had sold some even to one woman who was doing vermicomposting, just neem meal, not my fertilizer, but just neem by it neem meal by itself because she had had grub worms get into her earthworm bins and it got rid of the grub worms and her earthworms were just fine so hit on that then magnesium sulfate which is your epsom salts or cal mag tony, uh, tony the the most the most controversial thing one of the most controversial things out there right now is the use of neem oil in foliar sprays for cannabis so being that you're bringing up the word and the term i think it's the perfect time for you to do what you do best, which is kind of give the lay of the land, not just kind of be like, oh, this is the right answer and this is the way it is. But I've always respected and learned from you because you have the ability to kind of just present everyone. Here's what people are thinking. And these are your options. So what's going on with the pushback on the use of neem? And what do you think? Well, I, from what I've gathered, what... Uh... And unfortunately, I haven't seen as many of the forums as of late. I've, I've been really busy the last uh, year or so as my father's health deteriorated before he'd passed here 
shortly and then helping my mother out. Um, but from what I had gathered and seen was a lot of people were not just using neem meal or neem oil, they were also using azadiractin. And a few people that I'd seen posting about it, azadiractin is a much purer, more concentrated form of neem oil. And they were spraying the azadiractin at the same rate as neem oil. Well, you don't need but a third of the amount of azadiractin as you do neem oil, maybe even barely 10%. So I think a lot of people were overusing it. They were repeat spraying much sooner than they should have. In other words, normally it's a repeat every 10 to 20 days. And so they wouldn't see the insects disappear right away or they look at it. I see too many people come in, well, I sprayed and yes, okay, the leaves that are damaged are always gonna be damaged. It's, uh, they're gonna stay bad. They're not going to look good. A lot of times the insects are going to die on the foliage and they think they want to see quicker results like it totally disappears. So they keep respraying it or they're spraying it too late into flower and they're getting residue. They're getting the yes. residue in the flower. And once you have that residue in the flower, it can stay with the trichome. So when you go to smoke, then you're smoking the, the residue of the neem and that's not what you want. <clears throat> so yes, if you wish to use neem oil, you can use it in veg, but I would not recommend using it in flour. And that's, yeah. that's what I see going on with it. Now, that being said, more and more people who are switching over to organics and having healthier plants, uh, they're getting stronger uh, sugars built up in the plant. They get stronger silicates in the foliage, and they're not seeing as large of an insect issue when you have healthier plants versus plants that aren't as healthy or where you're just pushing them with synthetic fertilizers. I think you saw that uh, when we first met, you did a little trial and you had in your grow tent and you had some uh, spider mites get in there and they were on the plants, but they didn't, If and you'll have to correct me if I recall correctly, you said they didn't go after the plants as much that you'd been using my fertilizer on. Yeah, I remember I sent you the photos and we looked at them and it was just kind of obvious that the plants with your fertilizer were just healthier and not getting as lambat bombasted, lambasted by those buggers. Um, so that's interesting. And I have an IPM scientist coming on soon. I'm going to get him to talk a little bit about that kind of situation. Um, also, you were... You were previously talking about um, your ag background. How did you become an inventor? I mean, you started to say how you became an inventor because you had this bucket of ferts and you forgot about it. And then it hit your lemon tree and your lemon tree went wild. So from there, were you inspired to start a business or did it take further time like once you actually found your final kind of ingredient list and recipe, but when did you decide to start a business? And I want to, I want people to, to know how challenging and hard it is to launch a fertilizer company. It is not something you just do willy nilly. There's a lot of red tape. So oh, it, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, basically what inspired me was there was some, the results that I saw, I had converted myself essentially from 
just using synthetics, whatever worked, and throwing it out there to organics. Uh, and I think that was the moment that convinced me that, hey, there, there needs to be something new. There needs to be something different out there on the market. So many of these things that are out there, you know, they've got a hundred different products. You need this for that, that for the other thing. Here's, you know, soil and fertilizer companies that they've got 10 different fertilizers and 15 different soils out there. And you don't essentially need that with the exception of very few, you know, specialty type plants. You can get one thing that will cover the whole gamut. Um, and yes, it is very difficult to get it out to market. I was doing it, had good success selling it through the nursery that I, I managed. I sold it to the nursery. Um, and it's, each state has their own rules for registering in their own state. So it's very expensive. You have to submit to them your label and you can have one state that might take one or two words out of a whole sentence that 10 other states approved in that uh, state, that their agent, agriculture agent for registration doesn't like two or three words in one sentence and they can refuse the whole thing. So it's very time consuming, very expensive to get it all down and done right. Um, I actually had worked with another investor to try and bring it to market and we were registered in all 50 states. We had clean green certification in California um, and even were okay to be calling it organic based because we were had already met the thresholds of proving two thirds percent organic inputs to the state of California. And we're in the process of uh, applying for uh, CDFA OIM, the California standard for organics. And unfortunately uh, there were issues with the investor. And so the company fell apart right before it fully launched. So now I've been trying to. Two thirds, Tony, here. that really, that really, sticks out to me when you say two-thirds of the ingredients need to be organic to be called organic does that is that what you're saying organic organic based you don't even okay. say fully organic based. you can say organic based and okay. then it's a whole different process to get organic certification in the state of california it's not the same as omri omri if you go through and actually look at their registration on their website things can get they'll have uh, check marks there. Do they meet full organic? Are they fully 100% organic? You can be around 40 to 50% organic and get OMRI certification. They will have the, you have to go to their website and then find out where, why they got OMRI certification, but yet that they're not fully 100% organic. So it's a big, long process. There are some people. I've heard of some other companies took them over three years to get organic certification with the state of California from the time they first applied uh, for it. It's not a quick, easy process. And so that's part of why sometimes you don't even see that many organics out there. Now, the comp your business name, your company name is Earth's Original Organics. Yes. Real, yeah. real quick, just the website is under construction for people who go looking as soon as this gets out there. So if you don't see it right away, check back should be done soon. 
And is there any social media presence for yourself that people can connect with you on? On Facebook, it is as Earth's Original Organics. I'm on Instagram as Tony Sarah One, T O N Y S A R A H, and then just the number one. But then more specifically, you're calling your two current products Tony's Magic Mix and Tony's Magic Flower. And Tony's Magic Flower. Got it. So the people are in Arizona. Where where's your nursery located? Uh, it's the Magic Garden Nursery in Tucson. It's it's not mine. It's where I had managed. It's seven nine zero nine East Twenty Second Street, uh, and then it is for sale at Richards Garden Center in North Phoenix, as well as Sea of Green Hydroponics in Tempe, uh, up in Phoenix as well. And so, and you can even go to Sea of Green, I believe, if not already, but maybe soon, and order directly from there from their website and there will be other places that will be selling it here uh, in Phoenix in the near future. Fantastic. Now people are using it for many different reasons, flowers, vegetables, fruits, um, which is real popular in Arizona, but cannabis. So you correct me if I'm wrong. You um, got a chance to share your product with Subcool. I'm not sure if he um, ended up growing with it, but w- what was that all about? How did you get connected to Subcool? Well, that was one of the things that makes the fertilizer so great was its ease of use. He was online once and posted a question, and he was little confused on one product that had so many different steps and different products that you had to use throughout the grow process. He was trying to get something up quick and going. He had just moved to the Phoenix Valley after the fires destroyed everything he had in California. And so he was trying to get something up and running fast. He didn't have enough of his own soil made up yet. And people were recommending this other brand name and he was saying how difficult it was to use and understand so i reached out to him and said hey i have this let me come up give you some samples and he said great come on up bring him up here let me try them out he opened the door when i got there gave me a big hug welcomed me with open arms like a long lost brother the first time we met so i'll never forget that and he started to give them a run. Unfortunately, before I'd gotten there with the fertilizer, he already had some other plants up and running and flower. And he started to use this on some other plants on the next up and coming crop. And he had had areified mites on the plants. He'd bought cuttings from some other source and they had areified mites on the plants that were already in flower. Unfortunately, to get rid of them, they had to chop and drop everything, every plant that was in there, whether they, ha- whether they had them or not, whether they were in the flower room that where the areified mites were or whether they were the new young veg. Is, is that plant. a russet mite? Is that a type of russet mite? Because that's what I remember. I remember, well, I remember him posting on Instagram all about, you know, what the heck bug is killing my plants. So, and I remember him saying it was the first time in his whole life that he ever had it happen. They're, they're nasty. They're very difficult, if not just extremely difficult to control. Most people 
are unable to get rid of them without destroying the whole, the whole crop. Um, he did sulfur burns. He did heat burns. He did predatory mites. He did everything. He, he did it for as long as he could for several weeks, just to try and show it as a online learning tool for everybody. Uh, and he finally gave up and just cut everything up and threw it all away. And that's one point where I like to say is know your source where you're getting your plants. I don't know where he got them from. I don't care to know where he got them from. Uh, but having healthy plants using organics in the long run, because in years past, he had always been all about organics, building his own soil, using organic ingredient inputs. Yeah. So for uh, anyone listening, you know, if you've been around cannabis and are interested in genetics, you'll, you'll, you certainly know of Subcool and his contributions like Agent Orange and Jack the Ripper and many, many others. But for anyone new that's listening, Subcool is just literally a legendary breeder in this country. And he did pass away recently. So rest in peace, Subcool. But he left behind, you know, he helped a lot of people learn pursue breeding and he just can't he was churning out cannabis genetics um with the best of them no no he he yeah he did a lot of he actually brought in a lot of seed from from europe himself and did a lot of breeding and genetics um unfortunately just like with everything else there were those who got along with them and those who did not uh there's still tga will and uh queen Queen V, who are carrying it on. I hope to be speaking with them in the near future here. What's the name uh, that the company's going? Is it DNA Genetics? Uh, was TG, TGA Genetics? TGA Genetics. Yeah, I believe it's TGA. So um, they are reviving it. They're getting a lot of the seeds and strains back out. They're back in Phoenix, TGA Will and Queen V. Uh, check them out they've got some really good strains a lot That's of the cool. genetics and so yes they're trying to keep it going and uh will had reached out and said he wants to talk again see if maybe we can't work together so we'll see what we're able to make happen cool in terms of making other things happen do you have any other product initiatives going on are you doing any research are you doing any experimentation or are you going to stick with um i'm well like i said that with the products we didn't quite get all the way through so there's magnesium sulfate your which is your uh epsom salt or uh calmag and then i've got uh Monroe, ingredients air volcanic ash which is your silica and then there's molasses in the fertilizer and mycorrhizae. So everything is already in there. I am looking at playing around with some other strains of bacillus that uh, help fight soil fungi, but at the same time enhance the uptake of a number of the nutrients as well. So, and the fertilizer does make a great tea. So yes, I'm looking at, at playing around with some other, other strains that, uh, it's a gentleman's come down from Colorado and they've been using his products up there, California, Colorado, uh, tell you, right. They're loving it all as a tea, just brewing it up. And that's all it is, is, uh, microbes, nothing else, not a nutrient. It needs something like my product to go with them to 
work at the same time, work in conjunction. And I'm going to see about either doing another fertilizer strain and incorporating those directly in there or just having it as a side-on product if somebody wants to order it separately. But yes, and then soils, I can always redevelop a soil. That investor wanted me to develop a potting soil for him, so I was the co-developer of that. And we had word come back that out of Texas, at a hydroponic shops there, uh, that people were liking it more than other national brand name soils that nobody had ever liked uh, anything over these other soils. This was the first time anybody had ever spoken that they found a product that worked better than these others. Hmm. So, and don't ask me to say the name because I'm not into playing those games of saying I'm better or this other one is not as good. It's just. So was that your recipe we're talking about? That was my recipe. Well, myself and Chris. So we were the co-developers. Yeah. We basically, we, we developed the living soil and it was built around the fertilizer. So it, it was a peat based uh, soil medium and just essentially built around the fertilizer. Well, I miss it and I hope it gets brought back. Well, Find me somebody who's got the money to, to do it, and we'll bring it back. Well, you heard that, everybody. Um, I give Tony Sarah, you know, 10 stars out of 10 stars in terms of not only product, but just the way he handles his business. So if you're looking to get involved in cannabis fertilizer, and really, it's fertilizer in general. It's not just for cannabis. Um Tony, your, your social media will show pictures of all your local friends and community sharing the pictures of their crops of flowers and fruits and vegetables using your product. So everyone take a look at his Facebook and it's been a half hour, Tony, what else is burning in your soul these days regarding your product and the cannabis industry or just your personal life? I know you said, um, you've lost your father and I'm sorry to hear that. And I think a lot of people have lost a lot of people this year. Um, I've definitely known quite a few people passing away. It's, it's strange. It's such a bizarre time we live in. Um, I guess my little secret is just try to be happy and continue to try to help make the world a better place. So Uh, I know I'm at 14 people since the lockdown started and not a one of them passed from COVID. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, there has been interesting, unfortunately. And so, no, I'm just, I'm trying to find the time to be making fertilizer because I'd been still helping out in the nursery. They were sure to help with everything that had gone on. Now it's put me behind on making fertilizer. And now I've got a, oh, my brain just died. I'm delivering... (laughs) Uh, probably over half a ton of fertilizer to Phoenix next week just for home deliveries. Hey, I really hope people jump on this opportunity to test your product, try it out, but also for the people out there that are looking to get involved in a bigger way with an, with an investment. Um, I mean, I think that your, your product has exponential potential for getting even cannabis aside. So yeah, we're doing 
an experiment uh, at a major resort right now on some citrus trees that have Phytophthora to see what it'll do. We just need some warm weather to come around and... What's that? What is that? A, disease, a plant disease? Phytophthora is a nasty soil fungus. Mm. These hits a lot of trees, especially fruit trees, citrus, uh, and not always a lot you can do for them. So this tree up there has been documented to have it. And so we're going to, we're just doing some experimentation, see what we can't do for it. I love it. You're always tinkering in the garden and that's the kind of stuff. You have any other unique experiments that you've run over the past couple of years that you can think of or. I mean, uh, it's just getting a lot of people to trial it who are, who are having results that they'd never, never seen before. We had, the hottest summer on record here this last year in Arizona. Um, everybody in Phoenix, those who use the fertilizer on their fruit trees and stuff said it, uh, the plants that received it held up better to the heat and lack of rain this summer than those that they didn't use it on. Uh, when I was working with that other gentleman, when we, uh, one of the guys in the company, his father trialed the fertilizer on an 25 foot avocado tree there in California, single avocado growing it where the temperatures do occasionally hit triple digits. He had been told by the master gardeners that he'd never get fruit on a, on his avocado tree. And his largest crop on that tree was 75 fruit. And he did three applications of the fertilizer and got 365 avocados that first year. And now here he just had his third year harvest and he's still getting 350 avocados a year, approximately each year. Well, that's incredible. <laughs> and, you know, and just with two or three applications and his, which is about what you should be getting on that, but it's a single tree in an area where he was told they wouldn't grow or produce well and figure a 25 foot tree in all the years prior, his largest harvest ever was 75 fruit. So it tells you what it'll do. Uh, bananas, brought around bananas, everything. Adeniums, plumerias, one gentleman growing plumerias in Phoenix said it didn't change the aroma, but he said he notices that the aroma is stronger. In other words, Phoenix, with our high heat, you almost have to be next to the plant to smell the aroma. Other than after the sun goes down, it cools off, you can smell it stronger. But he said if he needed to be within a few feet of it before. Now he can be like 10 feet away and smell it. So it made the aroma stronger. Uh, another gentleman who was trialing it on his cannabis said, yes, love the quality of the smoke. Another gentleman, uh, since they just made it legal here in Arizona, bought some to use on cannabis. Uh, he bought it from a store, messaged me uh, on social media, said, man, I opened it up. I couldn't believe the smell of it. So you can just smell it, how good it is. So. I, I mean, I'm, I've told you in the past and people probably might think that, you know, it's, it's all in my head, but no, it's not. I've had, I was having people try my cannabis grown with your product several times and it, they were all literally blown away and it has been the most fragrant, smooth, um, powerful cannabis I've had is dynamic and i've tried a lot of different fertilizers and i'm always tinkering in the garden so you definitely have a magic mix and hopefully tony's magic mix becomes um a real formidable 
powerful product for organic farmers around the country. Like, you know, man, I, I'd love to see your product in Oklahoma because they have really amazing cannabis cultivation system going on for people able to grow and get access to licenses. And there are a lot of people that want to want to grow in soil and they don't want to do hydroponics. That's what was funny because those guys in Texas who were giving us the feedback that everybody said the soil was better than anything else they've tried. They were selling that soil by the truckload to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm not it's, surprised. It's, it's all interesting. So it's well, getting out there. It's getting going and it's, it's going to, it's going to roll here. Love it. Awesome. So again, everybody listening, it's, it's Earth's Tony's, Organics. Yep. Earth's Original Organics. That's how you find him on Facebook. His website is coming soon. And what was your Instagram handle again? Tony Sarah one T-O-N-Y-S-A-R-A-H, the number one. Well, I encourage everyone to reach out, get his product, try it out. No one's going to prove me. I know no one's going to be disappointed when you use this product with your cannabis. It is amazing. So thank you for doing what you do and creating this really fantastic product. Like you said, not a lot of organic fertilizers out there. Um, yours is going to be among the best. So, Well, thank you. It, it took a lot to prove that it deserved the patent and there's 18 years left on the patent. So it's, that speaks for itself to be able to get, get the patent. So that, yeah, that did it. And I appreciate your support, Mark. You've been a, you've been a great friend. I hope this is the most fruitful year for you ever. And uh, I think, you know, you, you understand you gotta, these things take time. There's no overnight success. So you have just been sowing and sowing and watering and watering and one step after another, um, you know, you inspire me because you don't give up. You just keep moving forward, helping people, being accessible. Um, you're, you're one of my favorite con contributors to the cannabis industry, even though, you know, mostly people are really buying your product for vegetables and their gardens. But the reality is cannabis growers should absolutely be going bananas over this stuff. There's nothing out. There's nothing like there out. There's nothing like it out there. So I'm excited. Thank you, Tony, for being on this show today. There's, you know, there's next season. I definitely want to check in with you. Um, you know, forget next season. I'm, I might need to follow up with you later on this year to tr keep tracking your journey of bringing this amazing product to market. So you're amazing, Tony. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Have a good day now. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to my cannabis podcast. If you enjoyed it, share with a friend, family member, or colleague so everyone can get informed on all things cannabis this 2021. also selling high quality hemp cigarettes made in San Diego. So if you're looking for an alternative to traditional cigarettes, look no further. They're made in San Diego. There's no nicotine, tobacco, or added chemicals, and everything, even the box, filter, and paper are made from hemp.